It's the ER Podcast Coronavirus Rebound, the Empire Strikes Back episode. Summer is here, and for a while, we were dancing in the streets, to quote either Martha or the Vandellas, I'm not sure which, saying dancing in the streets. But in any case, most of my audience probably knows the Van Halen version anyway. On to the big question. As businesses work towards digital transformation as a survival strategy to keep the doors open today, never mind what comes tomorrow, one thing I wanted to look at was how did current NetSuite customers fare during the past few months? Now, of course, NetSuite started the cloud ERP revolution with the first cloud-based system, and they've had the most experience in cloud. So I turned to one of my contacts, Angela Cavanaugh, She's an account manager at Oracle NetSuite, and I knew we'd get the non-PR version of how some of the current NetSuite customers were holding up. Angela deals on a day-to-day basis with current NetSuite users, and so we'll get her view on that. It's all coming up. On today's episode of the ER Podcast, the one and the only official podcast of Profit from ERP, where I, Gene Hammonds, am your Director of Profit from ERP. Today's podcast is actually being sponsored by Profit from ERP. It's true. I sold myself the sponsorship, and (laughs) I got a pretty high ad rate. Unfortunately, I'm having trouble collecting for myself, but I digress. ERP is a tough subject. It's a hard project for any company. Not a lot of people in most companies have gone through many ERP changes, and historically, the ERP replacements they have done have been problematic. Profit from ERP is designed to deliver pertinent, relevant information on ERP. The ins, the outs, what's hot, what's not. Podcasts, blog posts, white papers, and web tools, as well as live events and webinars. And for 2020, we have hugely expanded our footprint by forming an alliance with hundreds of other great consultants. We're affiliated with software resellers, implementation partners, direct teams. We also partner with business consultants and other resources to broaden our reach with deeper expertise in more aspects of more industries. Here's how it works. As you begin to consider ERP for your company, that's when you contact us. We'll help you define and document your business requirements and come up with a short list of the best ERP providers in your industry and within your budget. We'll help you partner with the leading purveyors of ERP within your particular industry or vertical. We'll also give you the executive level tools and guidance as much or as little as you need to see your project through to a profitable result. What we bring you is expertise for your project. What form that takes is different for different companies. Some smaller companies may only need initial recommendations. Larger companies will be looking for teams of consultants to manage the project from the initial selection through go-live. Initially, you'll always work first with the profit from ERP team. Eventually, you'll work with the highest rated experts specific to your ERP project, and we'll still be behind the scenes. Our goal is more like a placement service to get the right people on your team. And our revenue stream is driven by the sponsorships of this podcast and similar content. If I can continue to get these spot rates. And of course, your success is our trademark. Look, we don't sell the software. We don't sell the implementation consulting. We just sell the profit. Profit from ERP. Find out more today at ProfitFromERP.com or contact us via email at info at ProfitFromERP.com. 
And now, on to today's podcast, my interview with NetSuite account manager, Angela Cavanaugh. Welcome back to this week's episode of the ER Podcast. Thanks for everybody for joining us. This week, we've got a special guest, Angela Cavanaugh. She's an account manager at NetSuite. Hi, Angela. Hi, team. Happy Friday. <laughs> Thanks. So by way of introduction, I met Angela at a NetSuite event last year. She came from a PwC background before joining Oracle and impresses everybody. And she's definitely an up-and-coming presence in the company. A couple of weeks ago, she posted something on LinkedIn about NetSuite customer satisfaction during the COVID lockdown. And I said, man, that's a really good point. And and then last week, she posted something else that I was—I I wanted to steal it. And and then she was passing on some info on a on a large company technology strategy. So instead of stealing all her good material, I decided, hey, let's get her on the podcast itself and let her talk about them. So Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great, Jean. Thanks for asking. You know, all set up in my work from home office temporarily. I think we <laughs> all are. At the kitchen are. table. <laughs> I think we all are. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is I've been noticing something about NetSuite users. Now, I go through a lot of the demo process and the selection process. And when a company first sees a NetSuite demo, Maybe they're looking at two or three different ERP products and they, they'll eventually come to the conclusion there's something about NetSuite they, they like, so they decide to, to go with NetSuite. And then when you come back and talk to that same client six months later, now they really like NetSuite. It's, it's almost like companies can't understand how good NetSuite is until they use it for a while. I mean, in a demo, we're saying, show us how you do this, show us how you do that. And they're comparing, you know, accounts payable from one ERP to the other. But once they start using it, they find out, you know, really get to know everything it can do. I, I know you're not always on the demo stage, but you work with companies that are already using NetSuite. Do you see that type of, of acceptance and growth with them? Absolutely. And you know, that that whole growth like aspect of NetSuite is kind of the reason why my job exists. So, you know, I do have, you know, customers who have already been on the platform for, you know, several years, but I also, as, as new logos are closing, they come over to my organization for management and the company as a whole, we've kind of been trying to align on the best way to bring customer satisfaction and, what we're seeing is that phasing, you know, phasing that streamlining process is actually best because NetSuite wants to support companies that are growing. And the idea of the suite is, yeah, we have a lot of different areas where we can help your other different business processes. It's not just accounting at the end of the day. And what we're seeing is, you know, sometimes too much too fast can be really detrimental and have the, the opposite effect on the customer. They're overwhelmed, and then they don't like NetSuite. So yeah, I'm definite. I definitely see growth. Um, that's part of my job, just working my way into different departments within my clients, so that I can, you know, offer them the option to streamline and have one vendor for you know all of their technology. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you know, when the COVID thing hit, I mean, it's going to be obvious that a cloud-based ERP like NetSuite is going to be a huge advantage when everybody has to log in from home and then they can't get into the office. But I think it's more than just being able to log into the ERP. 
you know, the, with the dashboards and, and reminders, letting work flow so that one person finishes a process, the next person down the line, it, you know, the inventory manager knows he needs to approve some POs, the, the operations folks see the task they're supposed to approve, go into production. I mean, it seems like the entire operation just works better in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, you know, a lot of customers, they didn't have to spend that first time, those first couple weeks of work from home, like getting their, their staff resources and figuring out what, how to make it work. A lot of customers were just, okay, we already do this in the office. Our processes are already set up in the cloud. I'm just physically sitting on my couch now, logging into that suite. Right, right. And we saw a lot of companies at Costco was a big example of, you know, immediately after this hit, they're changing their released a, an app to instead of membership cards, they've, they, they came out with digital brochures instead of uh, sending things through mail, because I mean, by the time you could produce a mailer, you might be out of stock of, I mean, there was runs on toilet paper, there was runs on everything. No one knew what was going to be there next week. So we saw some of those companies really react well. And then we saw a lot of the companies using traditional s software. They were just spinning up VPNs and trying to get people into new laptops and stuff like that. Did you see your customers being able to roll out some new ideas to kind of deal with everything as this was going on? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, obviously when this whole thing began, it was like, okay, my focus isn't on just pushing, you know, previous growth plans into effect. Yeah, I want to, I want to stay aligned with the customer if that's what they want. But so I was really spending a lot of time talking to my customers almost more than normal, just because I'm, we're, we're connecting. Hey, how are you handling this? How's the business doing? Are your, is your team okay? Um, and, you know, most of the feedback that I was getting was, yeah, we're actually doing great. We feel really lucky to be on NetSuite because our processes are already in place. We're not changing the way we do business right now. And, you know, my staff, I can trust that they can do their job from home because they can log into NetSuite and have the cloud. So their focus was was more on how can we keep our culture um, during this time period and not really having to change like the daily processes that the teams were going through. Right, right. I saw one of your LinkedIn posts. You were, you were saying that like something like 13 of your 20 customers were saying they were really glad to be on NetSuite during this. Mm-hmm. Did you get a lot of feedback like that as that, as that continued? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and I say 13 of 20 and I have about 40 customers in my portfolio, but you know, specifically I heard that at least 13 times. We're so happy to be on NetSuite. And, and some of it was from new customers who, who just brought it on, you know, with it, within the past 12 months and they're live and it's still new to them. So it was really cool to see that kind of instant response to a big decision that they made. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, it's it, another thing I noticed. Um, I mean, I deal with a lot of different ERP systems and a lot of different uh, resellers and partners and things like that. And the traditional ERP projects have like come to a complete halt. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got some 
NetSuite projects that are moving with some of our profit from ERP clients. But I remember just before the COVID thing hit, I was really surprised. I, I saw some new NetSuite marketing material and it had formerly said 18,000 companies use NetSuite and they'd switched that to 19,000. I was going, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, yesterday or, or day before yesterday, I was, I was, uh, uh, catching up with the latest in the food and beverage edition of NetSuite and, and watching a webinar about that. And now it says there's 20,000 uh, companies using NetSuite. I mean, the, the growth just continues. And then you put up a post about how Oracle is, is kind of down overall, but NetSuite's still growing at 27%. I mean, their typical growth is 30% year over year. But I mean, how does, how does NetSuite continue to grow like this? I think it's just a true testament to our customer satisfaction. Like we have a strong network of customers and we have, you know, my organization, the account management organization that's there to support customers once they've already, you know, it's not you just buy this dream and you're on your own. We're here to support you. And customers love that. They love not feeling alone. They love the resources that we can bring in who have done IPOs, who have built internal controls, who have, you know, helped solve accounting complexities that are already set up in the system. And I think, you know, my intention with posting that was that Oracle, it really is a testament to how diverse Oracle is as a company too, because yeah, we might be down because we have, you know, a place in so many different markets, but our cloud, you know, portion right now is thriving because companies are seeing now more than ever how what it what does it really mean to be in a crisis and how can you maintain during that time it's it's putting a lot more focus on you know kind of damage control areas and the cloud right. is where it's at <laughs> there's no coronavirus in the cloud it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true it's not true. airborne and up there <laughs> And, you know, you deal with NetSuite customers after they've become NetSuite customers. So I don't know if you see this, but it, it's like I'll go into a new client and they're saying, you know, what's the best ERP? And they're looking at about a bunch of different things. And I'm sitting there looking at them saying, is this a NetSuite client or is this, you know, somebody that's going to go with something older and more traditional type thing? And it, I mean, there's that stat that's out there that, that, uh, Five of every eight IPOs were NetSuite clients, and and NetSuite clients grow faster. To me, it's almost like you walk in and you see a fast-growing client. You go, these guys are going to thrive on NetSuite. And you walk in and you see somebody that's you know risk-averse and and just wants to get by and things like that. And it's like ah, they're probably not going to see a big advantage in NetSuite. They'll probably want to go with with something you know older for who knows what reason. Uh, but it, to me, it's like, just figure out who's a NetSuite client. They're going to love it. They're, they're, they're that type of fast-growing, fast-moving, startup-minded companies. Uh, and and I, I, do you see a lot of that same mentality with your clients going along that these guys would probably grow whatever they're on, but they're doing it faster with NetSuite? Absolutely. And like, you know, we, we definitely have, you know, those customers that aren't ever going to IPO and they, they don't want to, or they're not planning to, they just want like a good system. And, but yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. And they don't see the value the way that my high growing customers do. And, you know, I come from a public accounting background, which was what 
what led me to NetSuite. I used to audit it and I thought it was just fascinating the the amount of internal controls that we could rely on to do our audits. And and so when I see, you know, customers who are and I'm directly speaking with controllers, CFOs, chief accounting officers every day, when I'm hearing the way that they're talking and thinking forward, that's my sign. Oh, I need to get them in with this person. I need to get them in with this person because this is a company that's really going to thrive on NetSuite. And and they see that too. So it's, you know, we, we do have a place for everyone, but those specific customers that are like scaling like crazy, um, I do think our network is something that really supports that as well. Like, obviously we have the resources at NetSuite to, to support, but I think a lot of people find joy and comfort and meeting other people who have done it as well that are not just your account manager, that are not from just NetSuite. Because obviously we're going to speak highly of it. We, I love NetSuite. I love the cloud. I believe in everything that we do um, because of my accounting background. But, you know, when you talk to another Mr. CFO and your guys are having coffee and he talks about how seamless it was to IPO, that hits differently to someone, you know? Right. Absolutely right. And you, you, you talked about the controls a little bit. I know this is not the topic of today's podcast, but um, <laughs> My later, on this, <laughs> later on this afternoon, I've got a CPA that's going to talk about it. A lot of companies have stayed on QuickBooks and, and gotten really big, and, and they don't realize the cost savings that they can see with NetSuite. I mean, you know, when you've got a, a lesser system, you um, you hire a lot of extra people to to put together reports and and manipulate data and stuff like that. And in NetSuite, that's so quick and easy. But the controls are there, and you know, I was wanting to see. Okay, so what is the fraud profile? And I I typed in QuickBooks and 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 accounting fraud. I got two million Google hits, two million and something Google hits of stuff over the years. I mean, and, and it's just I, I don't know. NetSuite's such a better option there. Yeah, it, it really is, and it's just you know having that reliance. It takes a lot off of when you're getting audited. It takes a lot off of your process. You know. It shows that you really set set forth practices that are auditable, <laughs> that will pass exactly. audits. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, lately we've done a ton of research um, trying to help our clients because there was so much uncertainty in COVID. When are we going to reopen? What's going to happen? Um, all of that type of thing. And we wanted to be able to come back with something other than our gut feel on, on things. And, and we looked at, you know, research into every economic downturn over the past 20 years and, and, you know, Harvard business review, wall street Journal, time after time, it said that, you know, about 10% of the companies are going to take a look at a downturn and they're going to say, okay, this is our opportunity to upgrade our infrastructure to, to come out stronger on the other side. And about 10% of the companies do about 90% don't, um, but then we also saw, like a, there was this Wall Street Journal article talking about Apple and Google and Facebook all doubling down in R&D and system improvement and that type of thing. You know, you cited some statistics from Forbes on some, what some large companies are doing in terms of, of technology planning. Can we get into that a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, I've seen this in my own portfolio as well, which has been really cool because, 
you know, when something like this happens, yeah, is your business going to fluctuate a little bit? Maybe it is because depending on what industry you're in, I'm in the general business vertical. So I see a lot. I see software. I see healthcare. I see financial services. I see, I have some retail, you know, esque type clients and, you know, real estate clients. And, and what I'm seeing is that this is a time. So when I saw that statistic come out of Forbes, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense because, you know, customers that were thinking about IPO already or customers that were just thinking about growing their processes and streamlining, they see this as a time of, okay, our business might be a little less hectic right now. And we might be seeing lower transaction volumes in, in certain areas. So we need to keep our teams busy. We should use this time to focus on innovating our technology so that it is prepared for the eventual rebound that we're all expecting to see. So I thought that that was so cool to see that like Fortune 500 co companies were staying on that path too, because it's like, it just shows the, the resilience and the, you know, drive to succeed through an uncertain situation. Like, oh yeah, we're not letting this completely ruin what our future growth plans were. We're going to use this time actually. We're going to reallocate some funds and we're going to really focus on getting ready for the eventual success that we hope to have again one day. So I've seen people, you know, stick to, they may be thinking IPO end of next year. They're like, okay, time to get our compliance in check because those things don't happen overnight anyways. When I was an auditor, I audited private companies, you know, rarely, but, but public companies more often. And you don't just, turn a switch on in NetSuite and your books are public ready overnight. There is process changes. There is, you know, workflow changes. There are, there's a lot of things that go into that. So realizing how big of a product project that is um, and just a deeper understanding for, for having the benefits in NetSuite for greater visibility and greater efficiencies. Why not do that now as our business might be a little bit slower than normal? Because when it's business as usual, you know, sometimes a company has an amazing growth month or just amazing event that, that makes them so busy that, that these projects kind of get pushed back on the timeline. So it's been really cool and, and really rewarding to see that and to be a partner in those situations. It definitely seems like that's the kind of mindset of companies that want to have a huge impact and, and not not let the coronavirus get them down too much. <laughs> right, right, right. No, there's a couple of things you said in there that, are, that I think are really key, and I, I don't, I don't want to let them pass by. Yeah. You know, we talk about these large companies, and so often mid-market companies take a look at, well, that's what those big guys are doing. They have unlimited money. They can just spend whatever they want to spend. And, you know, I started my career in uh, smaller accounting software and, and, and some of the, the startup ERP systems and then moved into, you know, some nearly tier one systems that were, you know, two and three million dollars uh, before you even got started. And one of the things I learned working with the big multinationals was, 
you would go in there and they'd have 47 people in the IT department, but they would also have the business analysts that are going out there that before they even start looking at software, they're going, okay, this is going to pay for itself this way and that way, and it's going to cut our costs over here. It's going to increase our revenues over here. And, you know, with my company, Profit from ERP, we deal with a lot of companies that don't have those business analysts. So we try to come in and we, have, we try to do that analysis for them. We may not spend, you know, six months doing it or, or something like that, but we, we spend enough time to where they, they see how this is going to help their company grow. And so, you know, a lot of mid-sized companies look at big companies and go, I can't do that. Yes, you can, but you've got to do it at your scale, you know, to make sure that it makes sense for your size business. Do you see that with your clients? Absolutely. And that's where, you know, that's where I find joy in my job personally, because yeah, I have customers that are really small. Like they're literally spending hundreds of thousands less than my other. And it's because of what, you know, skew they're on in direct correlation to the size of their business and employee headcount and everything. And, and I, I do sometimes catch that energy like, oh, well, we would love to have this, but we don't have the money for it. Or we would love to. And I'm like, you're not going to know what kind of money you can save unless you, you take that chance and you, and they don't have the same, you know, type of staffing resources as well. And that's where I try to give a little extra TLC because I'm a non-billable resource to my clients. So that's why I try to bring in people to speak to those situations so that they can get that kind of motivation because, you know, it's, I don't want it to, I don't want a customer to feel like they can't have that net suite dream for themselves because, and, and in one way or another, you know, I, I do believe, yes, if you invest more in the platform, you're going to see more in your business because you can add, spend more time on value added activities. You don't need to have your staff manually, you know, entering AP invoice, you know, stuff like that. You need to have them analyzing things, doing, you know, pivoting things, making different reports, doing different analytics, developing their skills, because the company will grow as a whole as, as the people grow as a whole. And the people grow when they're doing more value added tasks, not when they're just fingering in, you know, X, Y, Z. So right, right. It, it always is a red flag to me when I am with a customer who has a lot of manual processes still. I'm like, hey, you realize we have a suite here and we're, we got to get you, we got to get you on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that leads me right into the other point you, you brought up earlier. You used the term reallocate. And, you know, what we're seeing in our, a lot of our clients that are moving forward is they went through the COVID lockdown. They, it, it exposed the weaknesses in their current traditional systems. And then they're coming back and they're saying, okay, maybe we don't need a closet with 18 servers in it. Maybe we can move to the cloud and NetSuite and and Office 365 and all, all of these other things that are in there. And, you know, take the people we have and, and move them more into value added activities and, and, you know, maybe a couple of those guys in IT can do some of that business analysis instead of loading up server software all the time and things like that. And we're seeing them say, hey, 
we've still got a growing concern here. But while, you know, in, instead of just watching our business take a nosedive, let's reallocate, move into the cloud, become more digital and become more effective moving forward. And they're not having to spend extra money. They're just taking the budget that they had and moving it into these new systems rather than paying maintenance and, and all of this other stuff on, on the old, old things. And so that reallocation, I think, is a really important concept for people to think of, both in terms of, you know, I've got an inefficient system. I've hired too many people because we're doing too many manual processes, but we can still take those people. And as the business grows, you know, we've grown into a larger organization with the same people we had before. Do you see a lot of that, you know, growing businesses with your clients of, of uh, keeping people employed, not cutting headcount and, and moving forward like that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, and I like to keep that as a, I've never, I've never personally seen yet a result of any of the growth that I've helped a customer with lead to, you know, a reduction in headcount because technology and, and NetSuite, yes, we will support your growth, but you still have to have people and resources to, you know, analyze, digest, double check, you know, audit the internally audit, all of those things. So it's, it's just more of a reallocation of the, the responsibilities and duties and, and not really like a reallocation of, okay, employee salary expense. It's, it's really important to, you know, and, and it's like those older companies that are using, you know, older technology and they, they kind of hear about the cloud and they're super overwhelmed or they're super like, oh my gosh, well, we could never do that. It's kind of like now they're realizing in this type of situation, oh my gosh, it might be the only thing to keep our business going is to invest in something like that. Because do they want to have people going in to the office during, when, when, when there's coronavirus, a pandemic on the loose, you know, do you want to yeah. put your employees at risk? And yeah, how much money are you spending on that maintenance? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you would, in most of those maintenance things, people don't realize it, but it's like 20, 25%. That means you're repurchasing your software every four to five years. <laughs> and <laughs> except it doesn't come with a big yeah. discount. Yeah, it doesn't come with a big discount in the maintenance. Anyway, here's a, here's another thing. Like I preach to my clients, and it's part of my methodology from from day one. You're going to look at at new technology. It's going to make you more efficient. It, but it's not a solution. It's a tool. And the better you get with the tool, the the, the more value you're going to get out of it. And you know, I really encourage my clients um, to to go to Sweet World and and. Find out what, you know, you have so many other customers there talking about new ways that they're using the software and, and uh, uh, being efficient with it and things like that. You learn a lot of new tricks. And then on top of that, you know, you come back and you're better at using the software. And, you know, when you were talking about headcount reduction, one of the big things to understand is when I've got this NetSuite ERP system, I need to have people that can use it to its fullest capacity if I'm going to get the most value out of it. Are you able to, to do a better job than I am at preaching to your clients to get to Sweet World, to continue your education, to keep moving on it? 
yeah, I'd like to say that I'm a hundred percent on this, but I'm not. Um, but yeah, I do feel I, I'm always preaching that because it's exactly the truth to say the only way you're going to see value in the platform is if you know how to use it and you're, you're always thinking about how to continuously advance with it. And so a lot, it is a time investment and sometimes there's a, you know, a cost investment as well. We have like learning cloud support passes that are like e-learnings and we have group trainings. We have, you know, teams that will work with you on stuff. And it is, it's hard to convince people to spend that extra money, but it's almost like I try to use the, okay, are you buying an international flight? What if something happens? Do you want to get your money back or do you, you know, like it's, it's kind of like that insurance or that extra assurance that you're going to receive value if something happens. And it's, it's hard to get everybody on board with that. But you're exactly right. I mean, that's the only way to really see success in, in the individuals and the organization using it. Like, yeah, the organization can invest in it. But if the people and the, the end users are not investing in their growth and ability to use it, then you really have like kind of a, a big divide there. And then the organization doesn't feel like they're receiving value. And then they're kind of at their renewal questioning, well, well, my team has negative feedback. And I'm like, well, has your team done the learning courses? Like what, what are their problems? And sometimes the problems I hear are Sweet Answers articles that we have, which is a quick search, you know, which I love helping my customers find that stuff. But I'm like, okay, you just made it kind of obvious to me that you didn't even try to find an answer for this. And you just think that NetSuite <laughs> we're supposed to change your hierarchy structure for you because you thought of it. Like, right, we're not right. Yet. I mean, maybe you <laughs> will have that module one day, <laughs> but you oh, know, I do, I see it. I see it. And that's again, why my job is here. Cause I'm here to encourage people. And I like to take that standpoint with my customers. Like I don't really like to push things. I like to understand my customer's business and think of ways that we can make it easier for them, whether it be a sale of a new license or not. Um, I love helping with the low-hanging fruit, just getting people comfortable finding answers through our extensive network of resources. Oh, I know. I know. But I people just... are hard, you know? <laughs> they don't want to watch a 20-minute video sometimes, which I don't necessarily blame them, but, you know that's kind of a leadership thing too at the, at a specific company you got to kind of enforce well and you know one of the one of the things you said about listening right there it's it's a new client will call me in and they'll say hey you've been doing this for a long time you know all about ERP tell us all about it you know and it's like well i'd rather you talk and i'd rather listen to what your problems are and you know focus on that kind of thing i could i could talk forever for things that don't don't have anything to do with you. So I think listening is, is such a key skill for us to be able to help our clients and, and, and do what they need done. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, listen, um, Angela, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for being on the podcast and we've covered a lot of ground here and, and people can rewind and, and listen to it again and again. Although I don't think they will, but <laughs> thanks for having me. It was like truly an honor to oh, be asked to do this. 
I think your perspective on some of these things has just been really cool, and and I'm glad we got to talk about it today, and and we'll have you back sometime soon. Okay, Gene, I really appreciate it. It was so Thanks. good to catch up with you too. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of the ER podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Angela Cavanaugh. I really enjoy working with a lot of the folks at NetSuite. If you haven't learned yet, it's a different kind of company with a different approach to ERP. Not that the ERP podcast is only going to focus on NetSuite, although I have to admit it has been a leading topic up to this point. The way it happened in an ERP career starting in the late 1990s, it wasn't till about 2014 that we even included NetSuite in our ERP evaluations. But at that point, NetSuite began to dominate the market and I began to get really curious as to exactly why. And I've tried to communicate some of those differences to you several times over the last couple of years. And as Angela told us, the NetSuite nation came through the recent coronavirus lockdown really well promise we will cover additional ERP products in the episodes to come. In the meantime, if you are even considering ERP changes coming out of the coronavirus lockdown or looking for an ERP go live for January 2021, please contact us at Profit From ERP. It costs us nothing to talk and the payback can be millions. Just look at some of the case studies on the Profit From ERP website. And we'll talk soon either on the next podcast or on your next phone call to Profit from ERP. I'm your host and director of Profit from ERP, Gene Hammond, saying, stay safe, don't worry about a mask, just get really closer to your customers with digital transformation, ERP software and related apps, tools and those kinds of tricks, and we'll all stay safe that way with healthy bottom lines to boot. Until next time. Stay profitable, my friends.